This podcast is brought to you by Aetna. Learn how Aetna is working to build a healthier world by visiting aetnastory.com. Hi, it's Doro, and I'm so excited to announce that the Achieving Optimal Health Conference is just around the corner on October 26th at Georgetown University. For our Health Gig listeners, we have a special offer. If you sign up by September 20th, you'll get $50 off your ticket. Just go to AchievingOptimalHealthConference.com and use the code HEALTHGIG. Get ready to create a happier and healthier life story. People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. We're so happy to be here today, Trisha and I, with Neil King, our dear friend who started King Chiropractic Institute in 1984. But what we love about Neil is that he's passionate about helping people be their best selves. So we thought we would begin as if we were coming into your office. And if we said to you, Neil, we want to be stronger and healthier. What can we do? Wow, that's terrific. That's a great that you kind of sprung that on me, but that's kind of that's <laughs> my that's my natural self. So I have been in practice for 34 years and it's fun because you know I do a lot of lecturing and things like that. But what I still remain to this day most excited about is just this. Like in our offices, we get to know people before, you know, we'll say, uh, you know, what are you exactly doing for yourself at this point in time? You know, and one of the things we'll ask is about diet about what a person's exercise would be. And we're very kind of specific about that. You know, sometimes people say, well, I exercise three days a week or sometimes we get, well, I don't really exercise, but I do a lot of walking in my house. You know, (laughs) I've got stairs. I have a dog, you know, well, how many minutes do you think you do that? And we kind of encourage people to be specific about that. So we get to know them. And the really important aspect of your question is what, are your goals? What do you want? You know, you you know Olympic athletes and you also know people that really want to be able to take care of their grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be able to get up in the morning and when their kids are going somewhere, the grandkids are going to come and stay a week or something. They know that that's going to be stressful for them. So they're going to have to get ready for it. So mm-hmm. one of the first things we'll do is, is ask, you know, what are your goals? And what are you doing towards those goals at this point in time? And also tell me a little bit about, we'll say, tell me about your day. Mm. You know, when you get up in the morning, do you get up at the same time? Do you just sleep in? Do you, what's your sleeping position? Do you Mm. sleep on your Mm. back? When was the last time you replaced your mattress? How big a pillow do you use? And also with that, Do you get up at the same time? And then what do you do first thing in the morning? Some people say they stretch. Other people say they jump out of bed and whatever, you know, do you drink water in the morning and those kinds of things. And then what is your day like in the office? Like, what do you do during a given day? Mm -hmm. Some people, it's very varied. Other people go, oh, and this is something that we mentioned kind of when we were discussing getting together on this is, oh my gosh, you know, I sit at a computer all day. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, and I know that's horrible for me, but I sit at a computer all day and, you know, my back hurts because of it. Many times when I'm talking to a person, I'll hear their phone buzzing, which means that they probably get a number and respond to a number of texts. And we know, mm-hmm. you know, the most recent study I found, people get an average and respond to 186 texts a day. Oh, wow. That's an average. And the U.S., as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the U.S. sends and receives 34 percent of the texts of the world. So not every society is attached to their phone like we are. And as a chiropractor, (laughs) why are you concerned about that? Well, all of those things, Tricia, all those things kind of add up to what type of person are we talking about? And even healthy people. Unfortunately, we all follow this. Even healthy people sometimes can have unhealthy habits. Mm -hmm. You know, people can go to the gym every day, but if they go to the gym for an hour and a half, but the rest of the day they're sitting, Mm -hmm. 
or, you know, they're driving in a car. Everything we do, I have this joke in the office I tell where it's like, unless you put ceiling tiles in for a living, you are probably spending too much time in what we call a forward flex posture, Uh, which is your shoulders are rounded forward. Your stomach is a little distended. Mm -hmm. Your head's a little bit forward. Rarely do we run into somebody where we say you're sitting up too straight. <laughs> so, so that's why if I'm texting, what did you say? 186 times a day. Exactly. I've got my head forward. Yes. My gut's kind shoulders. of sticking in shoulders. I see. So now my neck is kind of in a half. Your head is forward, your neck. And, you know, we went from when we first started having computers. Yeah. They were screens with a keyboard. You know, it was one. It was kind of spread out. Then we went from that. When you think about it, we went from that to a laptop. Right. First to a laptop. And I had to convince people, get a screen for your laptop because you can put it on books. You can keep your head up better. And then we went to texting. Uh, and doing uh, basically everything on now, what, a little screen that's 5.7 mm-hmm. inches or something like that. So now we're really rounding forward. And you're talking about people with wide shoulders, head yes, forward, yes. flex posture. They're walking that way. That's right. just incredibly. And then driving, when you drive all day, right, you know, yeah. your shoulders are rounded forward. It's the rare person that holds their shoulders back their head up. And really, I know I get ahead of myself because this is what I love to talk about. (laughs) But the, you know, like relaxed posture, good posture is supposed to be resting on your ligaments. You're really not supposed to be using muscles in order to hold your head in a proper position. You're supposed to be very relaxed. Your shoulders are supposed to be relaxed. You're supposed to be symmetrical. Your jaw is supposed to be relaxed. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put your head forward, if anybody's listening and they have the opportunity to do it, if you put your head forward, you immediately feel tension like on both Mm -hmm. sides of your jaw. And so you wanna kind of slide your head back and Mm -hmm. keep your shoulders back your shoulders pinch, and you can train yourself to do that. Yeah. But you have to remind yourself to do it. That's the good news. But I have to say, I'm guilty of something that I know is terrible for you. And you you can confirm or deny. But I still do this thing with my phone mm. when I'm multitasking. Oh. And I hold the phone, okay, the, the landline, I hold it there, and I'm washing the dishes or I'm, you know, doing things. It's... It's a horrible thing. Isn't I it? know. And you know that. And look at how, you know, you look terrific. You have so many great habits. And then we fall into these small little things where it's something like where if you could just kind of, I think, you know, one of the things today would be cool if people just said, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I heard this guy, Neil, and I heard Trisha Dora on the phone. It's a decision. It's a conscious decision mm-hmm. that we're going to slip out of on occasion, but it can make a huge difference because the things we talk about, like tilting your head and holding, tilting your head, you could hear my voice. How would I say tilting your head? Can yeah. You feel how restricted I am. You could, the listeners you can, can hear, hear that as opposed to when you talk and you're, everything's open and free. You can breathe. Your chest is open. It's amazing how restricting we adopt these different Things, same thing with a mouse, you know, with a computer, so much on one side. And then oh, when yeah. people do that, they kind of tend to tilt their head in the same position that the mouse is, just because it's a kind of a response that we all have. Well, what do you think of standing desks? I guess it's the same thing. You're going to be doing repetitive stuff up there as well, right? Well, you know, standing desks are fabulous and they really are. However, With everything else, you know, what we kind of did was we said sitting is bad. So let's go to standing desk. Well, then when when people stood, we found people that would stand for eight hours at a time that they actually started to get some pooling of blood in their lower extremities. So what we do is we coach people, for example, when Doro comes in and says, "I'm I'm coming in your office and I want to be the best I can be. One of the things I would say, if you spend a lot of time sitting, would be to get a standing desk. Okay. And then another important aspect is, is to have a small foot rest, maybe about Mm -hmm. the size of, um, you know, an old phone book, just about two and a half or three inches. And you alternate legs, Mm -hmm. one leg, you stand and put one foot up, then you put the other, you know, they have foot rest, but you can do it with a book. That is because very few of us 
are perfectly symmetrical. And so our body does not like to be in one position, even standing for a long time. So things slowly shift. Mm -hmm. So if you alternate and put one foot up on something, it makes a huge difference. The other thing is to do what we call ankle pumps, where your leg is relatively straight. A lot of people do these on airplanes. You're kind of taught to bring your foot up. It just hit doors because yeah, exactly. we're doing it. You know, you bring your leg up and bring your, you know, yeah. kind of your toes and your foot up. And that stimulates blood flow in your lower extremities. And everybody who's listening, if they spend time on an airplane or any sitting posture, they should do that. We call them ankle pumps. You know, you can look them up online, but really what you're doing is, is your foot is just relaxed and then mm-hmm. you bring your toes up, relax it, toes mm-hmm. up, and it just kind of pumps that lower extremity and get the gets mm-hmm. the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. What about when you're standing and your legs are locked? Stand, I mean, is that bad for you to have? Do you always want to have sort of a bend in your knees or is that... A slight bend in your knees is terrific for the same reason when you're asked to stand, you know, in one position for a very long time. One of the worst things that people tend to do, and you can even bend one knee slightly more than the other. One of the worst things that people tend to do is they lean. You know, when they get tired, you get fatigued, Mm -hmm. they tend to lean. And then in that leaning, they kind of don't lean like the leaning Tower of Pisa. What they do is, is they lean and then they'll bring one hip up. And because what they're doing is, is they're trying to keep their head straight. So they lean, they keep their head straight, but that can irritate your low back, your neck. It kind of mimics the same thing. Your shoulders get unlevel. You know, one of the things I talk to people a lot about is like searching for symmetry. You know, the Oscars were just just on and now's a big time for all the award shows and everything. And one of the things you notice about these people that they're beautiful people, the people that get these awards and everything. Many of them certainly facially are very symmetrical and there's only so much we can do about that for whatever reason. But I am telling you, the idea of being symmetrical in our bodies is really something we can work on and change. Mm -hmm. And that symmetry is it kind of goes back to the posture is having working to have level shoulders and level hips. And that's actually not only very healthy because being symmetrical is healthy. Our body doesn't have to compensate, but also it's very attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, historically in the wild, historically, one of the things that people would look for in symmetry, you know, from generations and generations ago was that symmetry spoke of health. Mm. The more symmetrical you are, the healthy, healthy you are. And there's real truth to that because you're not trying to compensate for pain or dysfunction, yeah. mm-hmm. lack of blood flow, you know, those kinds of things. If you're very, if you're symmetrical and again, you know, you can do that by looking in the mirror in the morning, just kind of standing and relaxing and kind of assessing things and then seeing like, well, how am I doing? And, you know, there are some simple exercises you can do for that and those kinds of things. And so, Many times people will come in and they'll say, well, I'll say, well, you know, we're going to take a look at you. And it's like, and they'll say, well, I know my shoulder's low. My right shoulder's always low. I think it's because I carry my purse on that side. You know, that's a common, a very common thing is people carry their purse on one side and then it tends to be low. Right-handed people, typically their right hand, they'll be right hand dominant. So with right hand being dominant, you know, in sports, if somebody... It's a reason that I'm a real proponent of people doing varied sports instead of like playing tennis forever. Anything repetitive or anything repetitive on one side. It's like, well, you know, we teach people in golf to even warm up using the opposite hand, like swing like you're left handed Mm -hmm. because it all works to try to balance us. Mm -hmm. That makes so much Mm -hmm. sense. I'm going to digress for one minute because talking about leaning reminds me of one of my dad's jokes, which is (laughs) what do you call what do you call a woman who has one leg longer than the other? I don't know. Eileen. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Thank you for that, Doyle. <laughs> that sounds like one of your dad's jokes. <laughs> Thank <good>. you. <laughs> so back to what we're talking about. That's good. that's good. But that's one of the things that we talk about is leg discrepancy, mm-hmm. a leg difference. And there's two types of leg differences. Eileen could have one or two problems. <laughs> one is you can have a true, you know, I'll say, well, sometimes people say, well, my hips are on level because I, I have one leg longer than the other. 
And most of the time, that's not the case. Yeah. Somebody will say they have a higher, most of the time what it is, is, is their pelvis where their legs hook has shifted in a fashion there's an anatomical, which is actually a true leg discrepancy, which is not that common versus a functional leg discrepancy. Mm. And the functional ones can be changed because that is your body basically adjusting sometimes to old injuries, maybe you had a bad knee. So you learn to walk a little differently or even a bad ankle or a bad foot. People have an old sports injury mm -hmm. and that imbalance causes Years later, it's why we say, you know, you want to address these things early mm -hmm. because years later, people go, darn it. My it's incredible too. that's discrepancy in the lower extremities. Your hip shift, mm -hmm. your spine will shift and your head will go forward, uh, which, which is, is truly the number one complaint. People's yeah. heads go forward yeah. and they go, I know my head is forward. And we actually have a lot of people come in literally and they'll say, my parents are wonderful people, but I know that they didn't take care of themselves. And I want to look better than my parents look at that age because, you know, of their heads are forward, their shoulders are rounded uh -huh. forward. And some of these things just weren't addressed. You know, right. it was all, it's, it's just a matter of they weren't necessarily addressed in the same way. So what exercises would you suggest you yes. do to, to have the right posture in our shoulders and our next like on a daily basis well that's terrific One, the most important thing is you have to keep in your mind that it's not something you can do kind of like going to the gym it, it takes a lot less time but you have to do it a few times a day because you mm. can't make postural changes when we're in this environment where we're up and about for you know 16 18 mm -hmm. hours a day you can't do that and you're subjecting it so some very simple things that i recommend the simplest things that i recommend are take breaks so get up and walk around and move around. The other thing is, is I tell people that work in an intense office environment or something, I'll tell them, you know, when you are reading, for example, email or you're on a conference mm -hmm. call or something, as opposed to people, whenever they're focusing, they always tend to lean anteriorly yeah. forward, mm -hmm. you know, because they're thinking about if you're doing contract work, or, you know, the two of you do a lot of writing and you're thinking, putting events together, you're really focused on these things. And it's very difficult to do kind of like sitting up yeah. and back in a relaxed. We've just kind of developed that if you're serious and leaning yeah, forward, you're, you're more serious. Right. It's kind it's of what just you like, do. Right. They even say with kids, they tell, they always say this thing about kids. They tell kids like, pretend that you're a lawyer or something and they get this <laughs> real serious face and they lean over, you know, it's like, it's not like they sit back, yeah. and, you know, yes. so, you know, whenever anything's serious, we tend to lean forward. So what I recommend is, and then I want to tell you the exercise, but one of the things that I always say is, as an interim, whenever you're doing something that you can maybe focus less, what I really want you to do is I want you to slide back in your chair, kind of pull your belly button, your umbilicus okay. to your to your spine. Mm -hmm. So kind of put a little tension in there and then put a little arch in your back. And you know what happens is that immediately causes you to pull your shoulders back. People say, wow, it feels like I'm really arching my back. Well, you are. And, but you're not going to stay like that for a long time because your back gets tired. But it's even better than using a cushion. You know, mm -hmm. people say, oh, well, you know, because I have a you're cushion. Training? Exactly. You're using your own muscles. People say, oh, I'm using, you know, I use a cushion. Oh, yeah. They have very expensive chairs. But most of the time, even the most expensive chairs, the people end up sitting right on the front edge of the chair. <laughs> so you have an $1,800 chair that's six inches away from your back. <laughs> so they're sitting on the edge. So what I want you to do is I want you to hold, you know, put a little tone in your umbilicus, kind of pull that to your spine and then put a little arch in your back. At the same time, really kind of focus on pinching your shoulder blades mm -hmm. together. And a lot, many times people will be like, that's the first time I've sat like this in a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they'll say, my mom used to whack me with the yardstick <laughs> and say, sit up straight and do this and do that. And, and they were right. Yeah. It's like, pull your shoulder blades back. back. And by, by pinching way, your shoulder blades, you can feel 
that you can breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's true. Mm-hmm. And by by she, the way, we're all looking really good right now. <laughs> we're all doing <laughs> it. <laughs> Ian. I, I always laugh because if I do something in the schools, as I'm, you know, like we talk to kids about posture and things, we're talking to the kids, and then I look out of the corner and I see the parents, and the, 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 the teachers are always like, Sitting up straight, like, okay, yeah, I probably need to do that too. So just a little arch like that and do that. Every opportunity you get when you're doing something that doesn't take as much concentration. So you move around, you do that. And then as far as exercise, I like to propose three times a day, somebody do something very simple. There's just a couple things. Okay. And the first is, is just kind of pitch your shoulder blades together and put your arms straight out with your palms up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like horizontal with the floor. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go backwards okay. circles. So you're doing backwards circles. Oh, and what good. that's doing is, is you're opening up your chest. Even people that go to the gym, many times they overwork the anterior yeah. part of their body. Yeah. As I always say, you know, men particularly work the front part of their body because when they look in the mirror, that's all they see. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, but for example, if you're a biker, which Trisha and right. I often spin, right. you're way hunched you're, over. You're rounded forward. Totally. So you want to do everything you can and to get back. Yeah. And then you can breathe. If your shoulders are back, you can breathe. So you just do about 10 of those little circles. And then the only other thing I recommend is really is so you've got a little arch in your back. You pinch your shoulder blades together. You do that circle. And then you put your arms straight overhead and just kind of reach up where you alternate one arm at a time. Like one, two, three, one, two, three to really arch and elevate your spine so it stretches it gently that feels Mm -hmm. good now the last thing i don't want you to do is okay which is what a lot of people do what i don't like you to do is i don't like people to kind of like and this happens a lot they lean their head forward and kind of crack it around oh horrible because what that does is is it stretches those supporting ligaments and the supporting tendons yeah you want to keep your shoulders back and then keep your head relaxed and if you even want to do one other thing that's terrific people really love this is you just kind of slide your head back so you keep your jaw level and you slide your head back instead of Looking straight yeah. up instead of looking down to the side, straight because back. most people have been at some point in time, most people have been in a car accident when they're in a mm-hmm. car accident, their head is forward and some of those ligaments oh. and everything are already stretched. So you want to just slide your teach head it back. To go back. Oh. So you teach it to go back because I've been in at classes where we've been asked to do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, it's, it's just one of those things like rolling your head around mm-hmm. and you know, when you roll your head around, you get dizzy for a reason. It's not good for you. <laughs> yeah, I you know, mean, what about just, if you turn your to the left, gently turn to the right? Is you, that one okay? You can gently do that as long as, as your, back. your back first. Because if you're forward then and you're you do that, t- then you cause what we call impingement, where things get pinched. Oh, yeah. So you want to have your head back. What you really want to think about is, and you can actually visualize this. Remember years ago, they used to have that when they would teach people, if they wanted to be a model, they would have them put a book yeah. on their head. Well, anybody who did that never put their head forward and they right. never cracked it one way or another. They kept their head kind of slid back, right. the jawline level mm-hmm. and back. So what you're really kind of working on is, and then in a, in a, in a work environment, you want your arms relaxed you want your arms and your wrists relaxed <laughs> and then with that what happens is Dora's got a book on her yes. head as we're sitting here. <laughs> just trying it out to see Look I see what you mean see you can't put your head forward no, you can't put can't, your head back no. it's like you've got to so and your arms when your your arms in the workplace are relaxed and typically the person needs their screen higher yeah so it's the same thing it's like today Let's think about when you get up in the morning, checking your symmetry, working on having your shoulders back, keeping your head elevated. And then once you get in the workplace environment, sliding back with a little bit of arch and your arms and your hands very relaxed into the keyboard. 
and the screen, the top of the viewing screen, not the top of the screen, the top of the viewing screen, which you're actually looking at, should be level with your eyes because most of the work that we do is in about the top third of a screen. You know, it's rare when you're reading the entire page. Usually now we tend to move things up. Again, you're just looking so you're not pushing your head down. So you're not pushing your head you're down. You're able to then stay level in a way, pushing your back. And resting on and your resting ligaments. Resting on your ligaments. You want things to be relaxed. relaxed. That's what being having dynamic posture and relaxed posture is about. Mm-hmm. Tell us about sleeping. How should we be sleeping? The best position for sleeping, okay? It's difficult to do. The best position for sleeping is on your back with your knees bent and a small pillow under your knees, okay? So you're flat on your back? You're flat on your back with your, your knees, knees bent oh. and a small pillow. No pillow here. A, ve- a small pillow, okay? Because you don't want your head up and you don't want it down secondary to that, which we're much more successful at having people do, is on one side or the other, and then a pillow between your knees. Mm -hmm. And that pillow should hold your knees basically in line with your hips. Because if you just lie on your side, your hips, your knees are going to pinch and it's going to torque your back. So you want a pillow between your knees. And then what you'd like to have is, is you want a pillow that holds your head straight then. So if you have a small pillow, you scrunch it up a little bit. So it's all about being in a straight line. And I am a huge fan of a firm mattress. And the reason I like a firm mattress is, is because at night, the supporting muscles and everything are supposed to be resting. And if you don't have a firm mattress, every joint tends to sag into the mattress and that puts a subtle tension on the supporting ligaments and tendons and even the muscles slightly. So then when you get up in the morning, if you've got that kind of tension, people will tend to have one of the problems with with back pain, particularly and neck pain, too, is people wake up in the morning and they'll have a lot of stiffness because it's a lack of blood flow. Mm. So we talk about hydration and you guys are terrific about that. I I can't give you any tips on like personal (laughs) health because you guys do so many things right. And you teach all of that. But But the hydration is so important. So what would you say? So I wake up in the morning and drink your water. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And Mm. before you go to bed at night and stay hydrated during the day. And Mm. it, it is years ago, there was this rheumatologist that said if he could get enough people to drink water, Mm -hmm. he would lose 60% of his patients. And rheumatologists basically deal in arthritic symptoms, people that are stiff and sore. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, if you don't drink enough water, you're not getting enough hydration. If you smoke, which we all know no one should smoke, but people still do. If you do, you need to drink more water because that's one of the main reasons that you get decreased blood flow to your spine. You know, in the office, when we x-ray somebody, We'll put the x-rays up or whatever in the computer, bring them up. And I'll ask them, I'll say, if they have a lot of arthritis that's advanced for their age, they've got a lot more arthritis than they should have. People, I'll say, so do you smoke? And, you know, they could tell I know. But I'll I'll say, do you smoke? And they go, well, yeah, how can you tell? I say, well, I can smell it on your (laughs) (laughs) x-ray. Because you can tell. It is just, you get somebody at... 35 years of age and they have their advanced arthritic changes in their spine. They're getting decreased blood flow to their spine. And that's why it's difficult to heal after mm-hmm. if you smoke because you have decreased blood flow. And one of the ways to combat that is excellent hydration. Mm-hmm. But if you is the damage done if you've been smoking for years or if you can you stop and improve? Here's the thing about that. Stopping is terrific. There are certain things that aren't going to change, but the reason you still stop and and you know, the reason you still stop is because you can increase the blood flow to areas. Arthritic changes that actually are made up of bone change, you can't decrease the bony, what we call ebernation, the little things on the bone. But what you can do is you can increase the flexibility in the area and that takes the pressure off of that region and therefore doesn't increase the arthritis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many times, just as a side note to that, a lot of times people will come in and they'll say, oh, well, yeah, I have arthritis. We'll do an x-ray or something or an MRI. They'll say that they have arthritis. The thing about that is, is they'll say, oh, I have arthritis. So I guess I'm going to have a lifetime of back pain. It's like, well, not necessarily, because if we x-rayed you a year ago, 
and you didn't have any back pain, you had arthritis then. Something happened. So what we want to do is we're not going to focus on getting rid of the arthritis. We're going to focus on your function changing and improving Mm -hmm. and you making lifestyle changes, Mm -hmm. you know, walking. and, And one of the things your best self, if you wanted to be your best self, we tell people absolute minimum you want to walk. Okay, for 22 minutes and people are like, oh, geez, 22 minutes. That's nothing. Why would I walk for 22 minutes? Well, I just know from research that 22 minutes is kind of that stage where you tend to kick over a little bit into a little more fat burning, a little more this, a little more that. But I also know if we give them a specific time, the results are so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, it's just the 22 minutes. It's like, well, I know I walk 22 minutes. I walk the dog and I do, which is all terrific. But when you put somebody on a clock, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much more they realize. They come back right, and they go, measurable. that was great. You know, well, can you tell us why, in your opinion, people are talking about sitting as being the new smoking? And the same reason. That's exactly the same reason. Because of the sitting being the new smoking is decreased blood flow. And so people are saying, oh, well, this generation now sits. And you think about it. Kids now, we see a lot of kids that graduate college and they've had this very diverse background. They've played sports. They've done drama. They've done all these things and lots of things through school and through college. And then they get their first real job, RJ. They get the real job. And typically every RJ is sitting. And my own boys who are at that age, they've been out of college for a few years. They're like, dad, everybody in my office says they have back pain. And I have back pain. I understand why, you know, because they go from this. And the other part is, is First of all, they don't like it because they're used to being very varied. And then suddenly everything they do is sitting. And that's why. And so what did we do for smoking? We had a campaign that said, don't smoke, do this. We created brochures and everything. Now we kind of have this little bit of disconnect that industry still wants lots of production and they want you to feel better. But they really want lots of production. (laughs) And that production has to do with you sitting. So that's why taking breaks, ideally getting back to the standing desk. The last study that came out was wonderful because it told us what people should do. But on the same hand, it was a little bit unreasonable in that it had people saying every 10 minutes, you're supposed to take a two minute walk break. Well, Not many employers are going to go for every and even I shouldn't even say employers, even people that want to get their own production done. They get in the middle of something. They want to get it done. It's hard to every eight minutes go, oh, okay, I need to do a two minute walk right now. You have to kind of deal in what's realistic. Right. And figure out what works best for you. Right. So if I'm going to do 10 emails and it works that I could get up and take a water break. Yes. It works for me to like figure out what kind of works in your rhythm. Right. And alternate. You know, alternate with your feet, alternate with that little standing. And even one thing that I should mention is the same thing goes for standing. You know, when you're standing, put try to focus on putting a little arch in your back. And, you know, for years we talked to people so many times when you'd read different magazines that would always talk about flattening your back, flattening your back. Well, that that can sometimes be appropriate. But now the problem is since we're sitting so much, our backs are too rounded. So we almost need to visit that what we call lordosis or arch again. Mm. You know, but if you looked at any fitness magazine or health magazine, just about everyone talked about you need to flatten your back and flatten your back. Right. Now we're so rounded that we need to put more of an arch in our back. So is that what you would recommend, like the cat and the cow, if you're into yoga? Absolutely. Mode? That would be terrific. So, so you kind of stretch, okay. but then you, you engage up. and use your own muscles. Mm-hmm. And the key to the cat and the cow is, is it gives you blood flow. Because what you want to get rid of is you want to get rid of that crepitation where you don't have blood flow. Uh, The analogy I use is like an old baseball glove that you find in the attic where it's like, you know, and you have to kind of work it. Well, first of all, that's how we are in the morning many times. That's why you don't jump out of bed and do a bunch of things. Secondly, that's what happens during the day. When you sit, you get stasis. So everything gets, certain things get stretched Mm -hmm. and everything else, you know. So the more you can alternate, Mm -hmm. that's what sitting is the new standing. 
alternate, the more you can alternate. And I, it's very interesting because I even had this thing where I was talking about, you know, you're familiar with lean in. Remember, right. it was yes, like, right. well, I had this. I, I wanted to start a lean out campaign, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was. All, and I understand the whole lean in, which was really <laughs> nice, like be engaged, like lean in. Right. Well, then every once in a while, I'll take a break and lean, lean out, out because <laughs> yeah. that's going to make us a lot healthier. Yeah. What's your philosophy on exercise stretching before or after exercise well, or both? Well, actually, I'm a real proponent of starting slow exercise, building, and then stretching. And the reason is, mm. is first of all, I don't want people to feel like with stretching, they can enter into high intensity, explosive activity, no matter how good their stretching is. Right. Because stretching is stretching. It tends to be static. The ideal stretches that I, that I, I love are 20 seconds. So you hold it for 20 seconds. They've done lots of studies on 5, 10, 20, 30 seconds, 20 seconds hold, and then a release and do that three to five times. But even if you did that, you still couldn't go out and do something explosive. You still need to warm up lightly. So what mm -hmm. I like is I like to warm up lightly in some type of activity, do the activity, and then stretch unless you have a specific injury. If you have a specific injury that you know needs to be addressed, well, that's one thing. But for most of the people, and I really do try to work with time constraints. You know, the time constraints, we work with professional athletes and professional athletes, that's what they do all day. You know, they can, they can stretch a little, Work out a little, stretch some more, have somebody stretch them. Most of us don't have that. You know, we've got 47 minutes to exercise in, you know. Right. So in that time, let's try to optimize that. Start slowly, do your activity, stretch at the end. Because mm. it just feels like stretching is always forgotten. I mean, if you're in a class, it's like, okay, I'm going to leave before stretching <laughs> or I got to go, you know. So I think stretching, at least that we've actually talked about this seems to be the thing that we do need to incorporate more into our life. Absolutely. Yeah. Or it's like the, the quiet time in yoga. Yeah. You know, yeah, like you're people like, spend oh. their time and then they go like, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, now we're going right. to, you know, we'll just like lie quietly <laughs> and then everybody's phone starts to ding right. and everybody leaves. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Okay. Well, right. that was good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the, because it's kind of, it's the thing you can get the most out of, but it's mm -hmm. the most neglected mm -hmm. and particularly stretching. And it's, it's, it's interesting how, but the people who I've seen over the years who have dedicated themselves to that, the return is incredible. Dedicated themselves to, to gentle stretching and just saying, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. Okay, maybe I'm going to do two less. And again, men, I talk a lot about, you know, men in our workouts because, uh, because I know how I do. And, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do two less curls <laughs> because <laughs> and I'm going to stretch instead. Right. Or it's about balance, even in your workouts, like yeah. doing things. Historically, I've found, you know, particularly in a gym, historically, women are much more balanced in their workout routines. You know, they'll do front and back. Men typically do only the front. It's like those are the classic exercises. So that's a, so they even need it more, you know, to counteract that. Right. Women will tend to vary their routines much more because they kind of appreciate like the difference in doing an exercise and another exercise. Men tend to be much more focused on a singular activity, mm -hmm. you know, like a certain thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, it's just so fascinating. It's just, again, sitting here and practicing to sit up with your shoulders down, got sort of in. It's a new and feeling. Just put your arms straight, straight out, out and then you just, just and palms up and palms you go up. backwards because mm -hmm. so many of the things that we do are to the front yeah. and yeah. forward. And it's counter. really, you know, the key to this too is, is so much of, you know, so much of your work, you know, has been mind body sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, I felt like today I was kind of like, well, this is a little different because this is almost like body and mind. And, mm -hmm. and I know from your meditations and things, you know, we do like a scan where you go down and, you know, you kind of do like a scan and you mm -hmm. think about this and that. My sense was, it's very difficult to get to that more conscious and relaxed state when you're in pain. 
Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, true. you're kind of like trying to relax and then your left shoulder starts screaming and, you know, you get down on your low back is mm-hmm. tight. So it's, it's so like, true. how can you counteract that? No, it's true. And when we were talking earlier, preparing for our discussion, you had said so many of us get up and say, okay, maybe I'll drink my water. I'm going to take my two Advil. And exactly. That, that's really... It, there's an option not to do that. There I is. And it's a conscious decision. Yeah. It's like, today's the day. I'm not going to do it. On February 8th, 2018, I actually have the date here. I wanted to be sure I got it. Fe- February 6th, 2018, in Neuroscience News, they had an article that came out and they talked about people taking over-the-counter medication, mm. Advil, Tylenol, and it literally suppressed their empathy to other people. Their empathy and also, you know, like the idea of how they functioned. They gave them actual tests Mm -hmm. and what they were able to do as opposed, you know, they had a control group. It's a true scientific experience. It's not just anecdotal. And these people just did not respond as well to external stimuli. So they weren't being their best self. Mm -hmm. They were being less than their best self in a very in a very acceptable way as far as society looks at it. Right. If you said, right. you know, oh, well, I wake up in the morning, I take a couple of Advil, it's like, is that all? Well, heck, I take six a day. You know, I <laughs> right. mean, it's very acceptable, but not being all we can be mm-hmm. uh, because that Advil over time, and I'm not picking on Advil, I'm just no. saying Ad, Tyler, all these things that people I'm not a proponent of lots of medication, but the way these things are designed and the way they're supposed to be used is in a very short stint. Mm -hmm. You know, you have an injury and you'll take this for a couple of weeks and that's the end of it. You know, that's it. Then you're supposed to put them away until the next time. It's not supposed to be part of your morning routine. And people tend to do that. The other thing that happens with that is, is if you do have an injury or a stress, your response is suppressed because you've had this long time consumption of anti-inflammatories. So then you go, you have a big injury. Somebody gives you, you know, a prescription anti-inflammatory. It's not as effective because you have a tighter level of anti-inflammatory in your body all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you do that and then you say, okay, I'll take a couple of these things. Well, what about looking at your diet and maybe trying to do an anti-inflammatory diet and make Mm -hmm. some changes that way? Much more powerful because then our body is actually doing that itself. Right. And even meditation and breath work. All of those things. It's very anti-inflammatory. So you're right. It opens you up to a whole new world. Everything. Expanding your possibilities. Expanding your possibilities. Can you, yes, as your, your body's expanding, your shoulders are expanding mm-hmm. and you're in. And I know that when you're not feeling well, when you're not well, it, all of these things that we all agree on here right. are so good. All those things are so difficult to kind of get to, you know, you're in pain and you're like, OK, right. yeah, I know I need to be meditating, but I'm just trying to get to the right. end of the day and get my head on a pillow right. or, you know, I have headaches and. So much research shows that 60 to 80 percent of headaches originate in our neck, mm-hmm. you know, that end up as headaches. Well, the same thing goes if our heads are back and are relaxed. And the first thing that people do when they get a headache is, is they tend to lean their head forward. It's mm-hmm. kind of a learned thing. You know, they put their head forward and put, you know, the classic yeah. hat on their forehead and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of think, what could I do differently to make some more natural changes? Right. So much of what you've talked about are so simple and so practical. It's just taking the time Mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves, which is always so hard. And what I love what you're saying is it's every minute you have that opportunity, you know, and it's 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 a choice. And it's every minute, if I make it a priority, Right. Where my intention goes, my attention follows. So if I take this next 15 minutes and say I'm going to do 20 round circles, that becomes a priority. And I can just incorporate that throughout my day. You know, and and as I think you were saying earlier, it's a habit then. So we we change those habits in a slow process way. Mm -hmm. It's really fabulous. So, Neil, we ask all of our guests the same questions at the very end of our podcast. And so the first one we wanted to ask you is what book do you think everyone should read? Well, 
I think I, could I give two? Yes. Okay. I like that. <laughs> the two of you said two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one book that I read many years ago that I really think about quite often was Many Lives, Many Masters. Oh. I don't know if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes, very familiar. That was written by yes. a medical doctor who was a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I'm hesitant to say what everyone should read is that for me at that time, it was really a terrific book. And even my memory of the book might not be what the book is about, but it's been such a big part of my what life. What is your memory of My it? memory of the book is, is that, we, that people are at different stages in their development. And we can learn from people that are much younger than us and people that are much older than us. And the fact that we chronologically might be older than someone doesn't mean that we're as learned as them in certain situations. And for me... I've found this so powerful, like watching my kids go through things and seeing how they handle it or seeing young people come in my office and seeing how they handle injuries or or then and and just thinking this person is more advanced than me in that mm-hmm. aspect, because we're all here at different mm-hmm. stages and some of us are more developed in some ways and some of us are developed more in others. And then some of the older people that I see, I can see some of the ways that de- they deal with things. And it's really, it was really about how many different lives each person is made up of mm-hmm. and how are they developed in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then the other book, that more recently that I've really, really, I've given away a lot and I've talked to a lot of people is called The Four Agreements. And that book, I really, really like that book. I can see Trisha's yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> read Right. It's a wonderful book. And, and, and it's simple. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's very quick. And I think it's really great. And again, you know, I talk so much about my family, but it's like, it's great to talk to your kids about that. And my kids have read it. I talked and I talked to their friends. What and, are the four agreements? Well, the four, the first is, is your word is all you have. Mm-hmm. So your word is all you have. The second is don't take anything personally. So whatever happens, just don't take it personally. Right. The third, the third is don't make any assumptions. So don't assume somebody's, don't make assumptions. And the fourth is always do your best. Mm. So when somebody, when something comes up and I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, well, did you do your best? And if they can confidently say they did their best. And that's what you can do. That's what it is. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting way of simplifying Mm -hmm. everything, you know, so those four things, you Mm -hmm. know, I really enjoy even thinking and I read that book. I usually have it with me. I'll have it in my car. I just kind of tend to Pick read it, it over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a short, quick book. Okay. So what quote brings you strength and peace? I don't really know that I have a quote. I really don't. I I, not, I don't really think I have a quote. And maybe like the only reason is, is <laughs> I don't really have a quote. The only thing I can think would be kind of like, keep learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be the only thing I would think. And maybe I need to remind myself of that sometimes. So I kind of think about it. Mm -hmm. I'll ask people. I do know as I've gotten older, I've learned how little I know. Mm -hmm. So now I really need to keep to keep learning (laughs) because by now, at this age, I pretty much don't know anything. Where <laughs> at a so younger age, I think happens. I knew everything. It's so, so interesting. <laughs> and to stay curious is so important. Yes. For our health and sure for our well-being. What would you say to your 30-year-old self? If I look back on my 30-year-old self, and I can get emotional about this, but if I look back on my 30-year-old self, I would say that you're not going to believe what a wonderful life you have. That's so sweet. That is so, that's so typical of you, Neil. The, you're so but just the idea that I, I could have never foreseen this life. Yeah. And. Well, mm. you embrace life like nobody else oh, I, know. I know. So, so true. All right. So what's your favorite meal? And this, this is a health show, I understand. <laughs> no, but-, but my favorite meal is eggs and pancakes. Yeah. And the reason it's eggs and pancakes would be, everybody who knows me knows my favorite meal is eggs and pancakes. And the reason <laughs> is, is because, you know, my first patients are at six in the morning. And so when I get an opportunity to go out to breakfast, and I never make eggs and pancakes at home because right. I'm always, you, don't you have know. Time. Yeah. So when I do eggs and pancakes, that means I'm out 
with friends or family. I'm socializing. And it's about that community. Yeah. That I'm relaxed and I'm getting to spend time people that I love and care about. That's what the eggs and pancakes are about. Oh, that's neat. Can I just ask a question about your 30-year-old self? What is it about your life that is so fabulous? And what is it that you are just so grateful for? If you The incredible people that I've met Mm -hmm. and the things that I've... It's just one of those things, like when I think about... Anything that that I've experienced has been really from being in my office and getting to know people and doing what I love. And I'm incredibly fortunate in that regard. And I would wish that everybody could find something that they love as much as I love what I do. But what I love about what I do is, is the people that I meet mm-hmm. and been fabulous places and just been amazingly fortunate. Mm-hmm. And that's. If at 30, I could draw out what I wanted or somebody said, give me any possibility that you could possibly see happening in your life at 63, I could have never imagined this. I would have never even I couldn't have dreamed this. Mm, That's so beautiful. That's awesome. So our last question, who would you like to sit next to at dinner if you could sit next to anyone? Who would that be? Well, I would say my parents, both my, I lost my parents in the last few years. And when I think about them, that would be somebody that, and it's not that they didn't know that I, I told them a million times that I loved them. I told this, but if I'm going to pick somebody and you said you could have anybody, that would be the choice because Mm -hmm. it just, it just would be. And that's, That's that's who that's who I am. And then the people that have come into my life, you know, my wife and my family, you know, the, all of that is kind of, you have the the best wife. Well, I do have an amazing wife. I have an amazing wife. I really do. And that has so much to do with my 30 year old self, because the idea that, you know, she's been such a big part of that. The the idea of having somebody that's been with me and that is so such a big part of it. It really is. Well, your gratitude is contagious. I feel so grateful now too. So grateful that you've been with us and this has been an awesome. And also just knowing that somebody who's as passionate as you are for, for caring for people is was such a gift to the people that you care for. Well, you know that it's not just a job for you. It's a passion. It's a commitment. It's a lifestyle. It's a community. I mean, that's a gift to all of us. Well, well, thank you. And getting to know the two of you has <laughs> added. <laughs> I know, you know, sometimes when we'll communicate, <laughs> I I hope you understand how much oh, you add sweet. to my life oh, in, oh. in our communications and just about just being around you and hearing what you're doing. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, you can't imagine like, you know, encountering people like you. And that's what makes me feel so very lucky. It really does. So thank you. Yeah, I think you articulated so well about this idea of community. You know, and I think Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about community and finding people that you want to be in your community. And that makes for a much more joyful life. So thanks back to you. (laughs) Thank you, Neil. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. <laughs>